Chapter Thirty Five of Molly's Prince. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Molly's Prince by Rosa Nushet Carey. Chapter Thirty Five. What am I to say? so we grew together like to a double cherry seeming parted and yet a union in partition two lovely berries moulded on one stem shakespeare although march set in fierce and blustering as a lion it might have been as mild as any lamb to waveney for when one is young and the blood courses freely in the veins even a nipping east wind and gray skies are not the intolerable hardships that older people feel them especially when a wellspring of joy is bubbling up in the heart molly was getting well that was the keynote of waveney's happiness and although athea shivered and looked depressed as she gazed out at the uninviting prospect and even doreen shrugged her shoulders and made uncomplimentary remarks on the weather waveney only laughed and looked provokingly cheerful i don't mind the long walk one bit she returned in answer to a pitying observation from althea i shall walk as fast as possible and keep myself warm and as for the dust don't you know the old saying that a peck of march dust is worth a king's ransom but althea smiled a little sadly as waveney ran out of the room to put on her hat and jacket how happy the child is she said with an involuntary sigh after all dory when one is growing old it is pleasant to have a bright young creature about the house don't you remember when aunt sarah first suggested that i should have a companion that you looked rather blank and said that our old cosy life would be quite spoiled althea spoke in a rather depressed voice and doreen looked at her anxiously yes i remember she replied quietly the idea quite worried me i was almost cross with aunt sarah for mentioning it but i am glad now that waveney came to us she continued thoughtfully she is a dear little thing and one can't help loving her and then you have found her such a comfort indeed i have was althea's reply she is such a bright intelligent little soul and she has so much tact and sympathy i am afraid i almost begrudge her to molly especially as but here she checked herself you are not feeling quite well dear observed her sister affectionately i hope your eyes are not troubling you but althea shook her head not particularly no don't fuss dory there is nothing really the matter only the east wind is my enemy how is one to feel happy without sunshine and warmth do you remember that march we spent in the riviera 
and those orange groves and the bed of neapolitan violets under our window how delicious it was but ally dear remonstrated doreen why do you speak in that regretful voice you know aunt sarah wanted you to spend the winter with her at mentone but you refused at once of course i refused returned althea indignantly do you think i was going to leave you alone all the winter besides there was my work what would have become of my porch-house thursdays and my classes and library teas oh no dory what is the use of putting one's hand to the plough and looking back work has its responsibilities as long as my strength lasts i want to do my own little bit as well and as perfectly as i can and then mitchell came in for the coachman's orders and althea went off to read the letters in the library waveney spent half her time at cleveland terrace as molly grew stronger she yearned incessantly for her sister's companionship and as althea once remarked to everard it seems useless and cruel to keep them apart and everard fully concurred in this opinion but you are very good to spare my little waveney to us so much he said gratefully and we ought not to take advantage of your kindness the child was here three or four times last week i'm afraid she is neglecting all her duties for molly but though althea was too truthful to deny this she assured him that she was perfectly willing to spare her young companion i don't think i ever saw two sisters so devoted to each other she continued it is really beautiful to see their love for each other it has always been the same returned everard in a moved voice even when they were mere babies molly would refuse to touch her cake unless waveney had half dorothy had to put them to sleep in the same cot or molly would have cried half the night it was the prettiest sight she used to tell me and then he broke up rather abruptly i am an old fool about my girls he said with a little laugh but you see i have had to be mother as well as father for so many years but althea made no answer to this she only bade him good-bye very kindly it was the first time he had mentioned his wife to her dorothy how could his voice have softened as he mentioned the beloved name that morning when waveney made her little speech about a peck of march dust she found a delightful surprise awaiting her at cleveland terrace her father was not at home she knew well it was his day at norwood so she went hastily past the studio door without peeping in as usual but the next moment she saw nurse helena on the threshold beckoning her will you come in here for a minute miss ward she said rather mysteriously and waveney with some surprise retraced her steps and then as she followed her in a little cry of delight broke from her for there was molly pillowing up 
cosily on the old couch and smiling at her in the most triumphant way oh you darling exclaimed waveney in perfect ecstasy at the sight do you mean that you have actually walked downstairs yes and all by myself too returned molly proudly but do you know wave i have been grumbling dreadfully grumps is not a bit comfortable and she pinched the old maureen cushions rather pettishly but nurse helena promises that i shall have my lovely new couch down to-morrow it will stand quite well in that corner between the window and fireplace and i shall be able to see any one who comes to the gate it is so stupid only to lie and look at the fire of course it is you poor dear but you will soon be watching the waves breaking on the beach so cheer up sweetheart but it was evident that molly was not listening something else was occupying her thoughts her fingers played absently with waveney's curly hair as she knelt beside her then she drew a note from under her pillow nurse helena brought me this on my breakfast tray she said flushing a little as she spoke but i have not answered it yet i want you to tell me what i ought to do then waveney who had recognized ingram's handwriting read it somewhat eagerly my dear miss molly was all it said do you think you are well enough to see an old friend i need not tell you what pleasure it will give me if you will allow me to come you shall choose your own day and hour any time from cockcrow to midnight will be equally convenient too yours sincerely monsieur blackie short and sweet observed waveney smiling at the superscription but molly was in no mood for trifling what am i to say she asked anxiously and her eyes looked bright with excitement my darling that is for you to decide are you sure that you are quite strong enough to see mr ingram shall we ask nurse helena what she thinks about it i have asked her replied molly and she said that if i did not stay up too long or tire myself with talking that probably i should be well enough to see a visitor the day after to-morrow well dear shall i write and tell him so shall i ask him to come in the morning or the afternoon oh the afternoon please but waveney and here molly seemed on the verge of tears of course i want to see mr ingram but yet i do dread it so what am i to say to him and how am i to thank him for all he has done i feel quite overwhelmed by it all and then as molly was still very weak one or two tears rolled down her cheeks but waveney kissed them away oh you silly child she said tenderly fancy crying just because a kind friend wants to come and see you why it will do you all the good in the world there is no one so amusing as monsieur blackie take my advice molly dear 
be as kind to him as you like but don't trouble your poor little head about making him grateful speeches wait until you are stronger you may depend upon it she continued that the black prince has simply been pleasing himself quite as much as he has you i expect generosity is just an amiable vice of his a sort of craze don't you know like he likes playing minor providence in other people's lives it makes him feel warm and comfortable but molly was quite indignant at this you are very clever she said rather petulantly but you talk great nonsense sometimes an amiable vice indeed i should like father to hear that why the other night he said quite seriously that mr ingram has been a perfect godsend to us all and waveney and here molly's voice grew quite plaintive i do feel as though i owe my life to him for if it had not been for sir hindley and nurse helena and nurse miriam i should never have got well for father had no money and what could we have done and here molly broke off with a sob darling do you think i don't know all that returned waveney vexed with herself for her attempt at a joke i would not undervalue mr ingram's kindness for the world he has been our benefactor yours and mine and father's and noel's as for myself i could grovel in the dust at his feet out of sheer gratitude for all his goodness to my molly what i mean to say was this mr ingram does not want our thanks we are his friends and he just loves to help us so be as nice to him as you like sweetheart but don't embarrass him with grateful speeches for you would certainly cry over them and then he will get into a panic and ring violently for nurse helena and then molly laughed and after that they talked with their old cheerfulness indeed waveney was quite wild with spirits for athena had told her that morning that she would give her a month's holiday when molly went to eastbourne it so happened that waveney had promised to spend an hour at the hospital with corporal marks on the very afternoon that was fixed for mr ingram's visit the old man was depressed and ailing jonadab has never got over the sergeant's loss as his sister used to say and she reminded molly of this it just fits in nicely she observed for you see two is company and three's none and i should have been dreadfully in the way but i should be back in time to make tea for mr ingram and we will have a cosy little time together now i must go dear for i promised miss althea that i would not be late so good-bye until the day after to-morrow i wish it were to-morrow whispered molly feverishly i do so hate waiting for anything like that i shall just think about it and what i am to say until i get quite nervous there don't talk about it any more 
and molly who looked flushed and tired pushed her gently away waveney had promised to have luncheon with her father before she went to the hospital and when wednesday came she went to the studio to have a peep at the invalid why molly she exclaimed as she entered the room it is quite a transformation scene and indeed the shabby old studio looked wonderfully bright and cosy the round table had been moved to the other side of the room and molly's pretty couch and a low table that ingram had sent for her use were placed between the fireplace and window and a bowl of neapolitan violets was beside her there were flowers everywhere and as for molly oh you dear thing how sweet you look remarked waveney with a hug and indeed molly had never looked more lovely nurse helena had fastened two little pink rosebuds in the lace at her throat and their soft delicate tint just matched molly's cheeks she had a tiny gold vinaigrette in her hand which she showed waveney it came this morning with the flowers she said rather shyly waveney looked at it silently m w was graved on it is it not beautiful wave but i wish i wish he had not sent it when the luncheon was over everett walked with waveney to the door of the hospital he had a tiring afternoon's work before him by tacit consent neither of them spoke much of ingram's visit i hope it will not tire molly too much was all waveney said and once everett hazarded the observation that ingram was sure to be punctual end of chapter thirty five recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c